Last November, I got together with my friends, Todd and Carrie Alexander, and they put on an incredible event, the first annual Grenache Fest. It was held in Walla Walla, Washington on November 3rd, 2023. Uh, the event featured 12 Washington and Oregon Grenache producers, uh, and their wines were tasted side by side. It was moderated by yours truly and um, Patrick Kaminsky of Wine and Spirits and Somalia Chaucy Arkfeld joined the panel and they help offer their thoughts on the wine while I just did the stupid things that I do. Um, and then after the seminar, there was a concert uh, and a grand tasting. We had Stephen Malcolmus of Payment, uh, M. Ward and Mark Pickerel, uh, one of the best wine events I've ever been involved in. And it was such a success. We're doing it again this year. So save the date, November 8th, 2024. Um, so whether you're a producer, uh, whether you want to volunteer, or if you want to attend, just go to GrenacheFest.com and sign up on the list to stay tuned for this year's event. Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is the founder and vintner at Rise Wines, Juan Mercado. Um, after building the highly successful Realm Cellars in Napa Valley, uh, Juan set his sights on Paso Robles where he founded Rise in 2019. And under the label, uh, Juan and his team are crafting Syrah, Grenache, and Tempranillo based blends. Uh, Rise has purchased three estate vineyards, Shadow Canyon, what's the other two? Uh, Heat and Ranch. Heat and Ranch. And Arbor. And Arbor. And we're at Arbor right yep. now. Yep. Yep. And he's come out the gate with great critical acclaim. Rise is poised to fulfill Mercado's bold vision. Welcome, Juan. Happy to be here. Thanks for Good doing idea. this, man. Um, I know we have a sample of your wines. What's in our glass right now? What wines do we have in the glass right now? 2019 Doyen, so this is our Grenache-based blend. Mm. So obviously we're making, we're focused primarily on Rhone varietals with a little bit of Tempranillo on the side. Um, and this is our Grenache-based blend, 2019 First Vintage. Uh, we do have our three estate vineyards, but we also, we've been very fortunate that the community has uh, been very uh, inclusive and has helped us out. So we're able to get some Paderewski, some Full Draw, Four Hearts, uh, estate our estate wines at this po at this point are only a uh, maybe a quarter of what mm -hmm. we produce. Um, so yeah, we've been very lucky. We've had a lot of support, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to explore, especially twenty nineteen being new for us. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, so man, I like to start at the beginning. So in the immortal words of the young lady on Biggie's first album, where are you from? 
Small farming town called Brentwood, Northern California, Brentwood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, not not OJ Brentwood. No. Not White Bronco Brentwood. That would have. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is five thousand or so people. Uh, far East Bay. Uh, I mean, it's kind of right at the cusp of the Bay Area. It's the last town between the Bay Area and the Central Valley. Okay. So if I looked east from my house, it was cornfields, the Delta for miles. So yeah, it's a great place to grow up. Just a little sheltered you know yeah so what was it like like what was it like growing up in Brentwood so it's a small town uh, ag like ag connected but that whole bay area like what was it like yeah no it's it's, it's kind of a uh a nice contrast you, if you drove west you hit the bay area which was very progressive mm -hmm. and if you drove east you hit nothing but the delta then you'd get stocked in sacramento and that area uh but very very different but the nice thing is, you know, my friends, uh, which I'm still friends with quite a few of them, we've, uh, you know, we've been together for, that I remember, like 45 years, you know, and, and, uh, and it, you know, for a small town, it had a nice sense of, um, it wasn't isolated because it was at the edge of the Bay Area. So when I look back and I think about some of the people that you've got people that are producing movies, producing mm -hmm. music, producing animation. You know, the fact that when I look back and I'm like, I'm doing wine, not a surprise. Right. I mean, it is back then, right. but when I look back, it's easy for me today and be like, oh man, these, you know, it's like from this little town. Right. You know, it just doesn't happen. It's not right. normal. Right. But we were still surrounded by fields and mm -hmm. it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was really, it was an interesting upbringing, you know. Um, how many people in your family? Uh, so growing up, it was four: okay. my parents and my brother, younger okay. brother. Yep. Yeah. And and um, what did your what did your parents do for a living? How they make their my mother uh, was at you know she was working in the fields in the Central Valley, and she uh, she when she met my father, she she became a stay at home mother, uh, and then my father was a garbage man and when when I was 12 he passed so my mother ended up raising us she never married she never remarried mm -hmm. and um, and yeah so I just grew up it was the three of us you know that you kind of fend for yourself and, you know it forces you to grow up fast but yeah yeah but, fucking so, for sure yeah um any sports you played were you an athlete I, I played them I played them all I played you know growing up I think most of us you, you try a little bit of everything right. so Baseball, basketball, uh, football, and then, but when I got into high school, I kind of dropped everything because I really got into cycling, like road racing okay. and stuff. So I kind of, and that takes so long and just time-wise that I, that I ended up, uh, yeah, I just, I, I kind of dropped everything else. I should have stuck with baseball. That was probably. That was probably your best sport? Best sport and the one that I could have, um. I wasn't big enough for football or fast enough, okay. but uh, or basketball. You know, I was I'm six two, so I didn't have the. Well, everybody says it, right? But then, like I was like, I mean, Muggsy Bogues, Spud Webb, even <laughs> yeah. Alan Iverson's only five, well, five ten. Even, but but, yeah, I, but I, they, I would say, but, but they're great athletes. Yeah, but exactly. I was like, but I, I was just <laughs> yeah. struggling off days. Like Spud Webb could jump <laughs> out the gym at five. Dunk, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like Superman. Yeah, he could dunk. That's on a him. little. That's a little different. Patrick Ewing, you know. Baseball, at least, I think I could have. Uh, I would have, you know, at least it would have. I think it would have paid for my schooling had I stopped. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And that that would have been more than enough for me. Uh, um, and so like, um, growing up playing sports, um, and 
being that close to the city, did you did you did you go into the city <coughs> as a teenager? Because like I grew up in Jersey, and and there was a train. We we, we would go to the city, you know, kind of hang out. You know? Yeah, we would. Uh, my friends, we were we all we were all like when seventh eighth grade really got into skateboarding. It was a good way to get around, and they always enjoyed going going into the Bay Area. So my mother had zero clue. None of our parents did, and so we would get on a bus and go from Brentwood to Concord. An hour at least on the bus, and then you the would Bart. get on Bart yeah. and end up right in San Francisco <laughs> at some of the seediest places, you know. So, but it was, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, mean, I think it was really my friends that got me to think out of the box you uh -huh. know, when I look back and just not, you know, you grew up in a small town, again, you're very isolated, but here you got to see, and San Francisco is such a progressive city that, you know, whether it forces you to open your eyes to other things, different yeah. foods, different cultures and stuff. Yeah, no, it is one of, it's, 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 and, and San Francisco is, um, I mean, for like, it's, it's more compact than LA. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's more, like, I mean, it's, it's, that's why it's more like New York to me. Cause like you, yeah. you, you can, you're, you are, there's, there's an Indian restaurant, a Filipino, like, you know, you don't have to go too far. Whereas LA so beautiful, but spread out. Like you have oh, to go to Filipino one's horizontal, town. You gotta, okay, yeah, yeah. One's horizontal, one's vertical. Right. And so in one block you can, You've got some really cool. Just it's 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 a it's an amazing city, you know. Um, and and I, I was trying to the cycling was the cycling was that because was, was that around the time Greg LeMond was winning or was that yeah yeah exactly I actually yeah. had friends that were uh, babysat for him when they lived wow. up in Sacramento and uh, no but I I was really enthralled with back then it was a wild. Wide world of sports. Yeah, so. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know how I'm 53. I'm, I'm, I'll be 56. So, yeah, so like, you, yeah. dun, 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 the guy, yeah. the ski, oh, like, yeah. I want to ski jump until I saw the guy <laughs> yeah, bust yeah. his ass and fall. No, I would see the Prairie Roubaix and I'd see all the yeah. all the great races. So yep. Greg LeMond, Bernardino, yep. and it was just, it was I was fascinated yeah. by it. So I, early on, I was just like, I got to figure this out. So. That's really cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, yeah, so again, and then I think about what you said about going to the city, like, you know, um, you know, there was a hip-hop scene. I mean, the whole skate, yeah, yeah. punk, hip-hop scene. Interrelated. Or interrelated. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think what was going, what you're doing, saying that was going down in L.A. with the Dogtown and Z-Boys, it, it was just, it was uh, yeah. the zeitgeist. I don't remember listening, like, African Bobata and Cybertron <laughs> and all that stuff. No, I was... Yeah, no, I'm... Uh, yeah, it's I, right. I, yeah, it's, you, it's vivid. Oh, yeah. No, I, that's what I grew up on, so... Yeah. That's really cool. And so, um, well, you talked about going to school, so what did you do? Um, you know, you were skating, you were playing, playing various sports, but, like, what did you do when... Um, when you graduated high school, did you go off to college? What was your kind of like, uh, what did you do? No, no? I, I needed a break, okay. and I also wanted to get out, so I was I went into the Army for two years. Oh, nice. So I was a medic, uh, Okay. and I did it for two years, and part of the reason, too, was that it would, it would help me with college. Yeah, the so GI Bill. Bill. So that was a big part of it. What what, what type of medic? I one of my He was my best friend. I, I, you know, we just grew apart. But anyway, but like he said, he was an OR tech. He went in the Army, he became an OR tech. Um, what were you doing as a medic in the army? Like, what was your training? What was your so it was it was basically being like a paramedic, okay. you know. And uh, I was active duty for two years in the first Gulf War. Started. I was gonna say when it was the first one, but luckily for me, I was it was um, I was two years active duty, four years part of the GI Bill, four years in the reserves. Okay, and 
they cut my active duty two years. I mean, they cut it. They cut it. They cut it early. My active duty assignment because they wanted me to join the reserve unit, and I had just started school. Okay. And, but I realized, okay, I get it now. The reason I'm here is because they're getting ready to activate us for the first Gulf War. Mm. And every time I'd show up for service, they would call up individual names, and we became a filling unit. So you might be. You might be filling in for someone in Germany that had gone to Iraq or so there was a lot of that. So and I had just started school, so for like two months I was like, Am I gonna have to stop after my first semester? But luckily I was never called up and it was such a quick uh, like the war portion. Yeah, didn't of they it. call they didn't they call it a conflict back then? Yeah, it was like ten. Yeah, yeah. It was like it, Operation Desert Storm. De- Desert Storm. Yeah, yeah, it was Desert Storm. That was Colin Powell. And it was so. It was yeah. And yeah. it was so uh, short that yeah. uh, that luckily for me, I, I I was able to continue with school and because you never know what's going to happen. Oh, and, I know. Uh, I was able to continue and uh, that led me to nursing. And Where'd you go to school? St. Mary's. And that's in the Bay, right? Yeah, yeah. Known for basketball these days. Okay, that's St. Mary's. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Oh, and very cool. actually a really good rugby team, one of the best in the country. Very cool. Um, yeah, um, I, I I was recruited to go to West Point Prep because I grew up where I grew up. So you know, Fort Monmouth was the head of Army Communications. That's in Monmouth County, New Jersey, and so the the West Point, the prep school was there, yeah. and so I was recruited to go there. I didn't go. And which um, I don't know if I said it, but like, had I gone there, I wouldn't be here with you guys. I'd be Senator Taller from New Jersey. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. but um, but had I gone, I would have been in the Gulf War because yeah. I graduated high school in '86. Mm-hmm. I'd have been I'd have been right out of West Point, I'm sure. Anyway, yeah. but anyway, it's just funny when you look back at your life and in, in turns. So um, nursing. So you you got a degree in nursing. Got a degree in nursing. Yeah. What prompted that? Like, did just the work as a medic, you just enjoyed it? Yeah, and I knew, uh, I thought I'd go to medical school, and mm-hmm. then, but when I, I it was just going to be, again, I was paying for everything myself. It was just yeah. going to take too long, and I didn't want to go that long without making any money. Sure. You know, and so uh, nursing was a really good outlet. I wasn't sure exactly what field I wanted to get into, so I knew that it would allow me to bounce around and figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and what you um, LPN RN full on RN full on RN okay yeah and then you went to work in that field once you got your degree yeah <clears throat> you know I worked my way up in the Bay Area I started off as medical surgical and then uh, got into uh, uh, step down unit and then ICU and then and then for the last. The last few years I was a supervisor, but for the majority of the time that I was actually doing patient care, I was uh, part of a cardiopulmonary, an open heart unit. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for about six years, so which was great. I really, I really enjoyed it. I was really good at it. And uh, yeah, it was just a great experience. It really puts things into perspective, you know, when you're dealing with people and you know, everyone, some people view me as even keel, and I think that was a big part of it. You know, it's just that, it's like no matter what happens in life, it could be worse. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, 
you've been involved like realm pride and which like you obviously someone who strives for perfection but like you must have somewhere in the back room like okay at the end of the day it's just wine it's not like for death no 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 and 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 it is and it is you know the the yes and and at the end of the day you can't uh you know i've learned that if you're not you have to enjoy it you know at the end of the day if you're if any you, you know when you're making you know people you know the romance is great we love and, and it is a big part of it walking to vineyards right. and tasting the wines and meeting people from all over the place and that's great um but it's still a business and you still have the stresses of any other business and that's a part that you have to not you have to yeah i mean people are it's kind of like what happens in front, you know, outside of the kitchen and what happens in the kitchen. Right, very right, different, right? Right, right. And so we have to sell, we have to sell that romance, but it's still just like any other business and it has the stresses and, but wine's very competitive and, uh, and that's, I think, one of the things that's helped me out long term, yeah. you know, is, is just, hey, at the end of the day, it's wine, you know, and, and we're very fortunate and it should be fun if you're not enjoying it and, you need you, you perhaps you need to reset and figure out, you know, why is that? I like that. I like that. Yeah, I was gonna say you need to check yourself um, <laughs> before you wreck yourself. In that time, like, and like you said something about uh, being calm and even keeled. Yeah. So first, even even flying over here on the plane, um, someone passed out on the flight, right? And they're like, fuck. Like shit, and I'm like shit. And I'm such a dad. I'm like shit. I got fucking shit to do. Like this is gonna, <laughs> it's gonna fuck up my connecting flight. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and there was a, and there was you know, is there a medical? We have a problem. Is medical medical person just hop right up to calm, go over and handle it. And, and you know, and it, 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 it like low blood sugar was fine. And we were gonna get to Dallas anyway because we were 40 minutes out, so there was no closer airfield. I was like, I'm such a dick. <laughs> I was like, well, we're gonna. <laughs> but um. What is there any lessons like what was like the gnarliest situation you were in during that period? Like I know you said you pulmonary, that's that's people coming in like flatline and shit sometimes, right? Or is it where yeah, well, surgery? Well in, in my shit case, going some sideways. Of them, some of them were emergencies. Usually yeah. it's where things went sideways. For me it was usually you know, once you're under, you're under, you don't know what's happening. Yeah, I've been under. It's you're but, dead. Yeah. But for yeah. But for me the the big, the tough ones were when we had young folks mm-hmm. that were. It was not expected. You know, you see it with athletes yep. and gathers, people like that, uh, where you're not expecting it, and then it happens, and then you end up, uh, and they, they pass, <sighs> and you're the one that ends up having to. The doctor will typically go out and let them know, but then you're the one that has to deal with them, and. It's her child, right? The or doctor the just said that, and he goes back, and then the nurse you, comes. You in. have to, yeah. then the family starts coming in, and it's just like you're having to. Uh, and that's probably why. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, I did it for a short period of time, and and uh, but yeah, it's tough. It's like it's just yeah. not a normal working environment. Totally, so. totally. Um, and you mentioned earlier. You know that your mom worked in ag. She picked, mm-hmm. yeah. She picked cotton. One thing you said to me before we started, and she, you know, she worked in the fields. Your dad was a garbage man, and yeah. 
They didn't have machines with little mm, lift no, stuff up. No, like, no, right? no, no, right? Um, so, um, coming from that type of hardworking blue collar family, um, was wine on the table growing up? <clears throat> no, beer. Beer. That's, yeah, beer. Uh, Modelo, Tecate. Yeah, and some Coors Light. And some Coors Light. Yeah, Coors Light was. My dad really liked big Coors beer, Light. Yeah. It, was, it was the American dream. Was Coors Light back in the day? No, for me it was later in life. But I was very, I was, I was very fortunate. I had a buddy, uh, knock on wood, just passed, uh, mm. who I met in the military, and he was a student at Cal. Okay. And uh, we were the same age. We looked very similar. Just got along. Loved music, and uh, we uh, we met one summer at the reserve unit and became really good friends. And while he was at Berkeley, he worked for uh, Paul Bortoli at a restaurant called Olivetto's. Okay. His, the executive sous chef at the time with uh, uh, Michael Tusk, who's got a little restaurant called Quince in the city. <laughs> so yeah. when he ran the cafe downstairs, we would go upstairs and we were students and we'd go up for dinner. And they'd set us at the bar, and they would bring out everything from sardines to fish that I would not never even thought mm -hmm. about eating. Mm -hmm. But I knew that we weren't going to pay anything, so you're not going to say anything. Right. And I just took it all in, and that included wine. And I remember um, Quintarelli, the Valpolicella, the green label. And that was really like, I got flavors out of that. Because prior to that, when I thought about wine, it's what I got going to church. Right. You know, which Sacramental. Was, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was sweet. That which was, was it. Concord. Well, not well. Yeah, but yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. But, I'm thinking East Coast, it was Concord. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's Michael Tusk, I think. Is, yeah, it's his name. And he was uh, executive chef. And okay. uh, we would eat 10 courses and it'd be paired with wine. And But I just remember that totally opened my eyes to food and wine and conversation and it just kind of started from there and we were both um the proximity had i not had i gone to school anywhere else i probably wouldn't have ever gotten into it but i could wake up and i could be in napa in 40 minutes yeah you know and that allowed me to get my feet wet into the business and stuff you know but if i lived in another state i leaving nursing i was doing well had a great job um I would have. I don't think I've ever. I, I ever would have made the jump. Yeah. To be honest, it would yeah. have been difficult. Um. So when you you start having these experiences, did you begin collecting? You mentioned you you go up to Napa, but what was what was like the bug? Okay, okay, I'm gonna oh, start yeah. collecting I, wines. What? <clears throat> I got into. Uh, I remember you'll get a kick out of this. Um, Dan Dawson ran a place called All Seasons Cafe, and I lived in Walnut Creek at the time. Okay. And I, back then, the food section in the Chronicle was in the sports section, and it was like literally the size of my hand, and it had like 20 words or less. They were like one ads, and one of them was Colt Wine Tasting, Screaming, didn't even say Eagle, Screaming, Harlan, I knew what it meant, $50, $50 All Seasons at 93 Vintage, uh, all seasons, never been up there. So I drive up and I had, we had eight wines. It was 50 bucks and I just jumped right in. And so at that point, right after it's like, I signed up on every list. So I was on Screaming Eagle. Uh, I was on um, Harlan. Uh, I got on all of them. It was, it was, yeah, early on. But this is before they were what they 
they are today. Right. There was already a, they were already expensive well, I mean, for the yeah. time. I mean, for the time, like, Back, so, was this ninety three? So the ninety three vintage. So this would have been ninety six. Ninety six. Okay. Ninety six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, yeah, like I said, you were already you were doing pretty well in nursing because I started in wine in ninety seven. I remember we had ninety three and ninety four Screaming Eagle at Acker at a tasting, and it was already expensive. Then yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, but let's be. I mean, expensive was. Oh, this is three hundred dollars a bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It was like now, it's like Harlan. Insane, right? <laughs> my first, my first, my first vintage of Harlan. My first vintage of Harlan was one hundred and fifty bucks. But I remember. But I remember. No, but Jordan was thirty eight bucks at the store, and I remember that being expensive. And Jordan, and this is what I love about wine. Like people like the like. Even what you do, like create these new brands, but like, like there was nothing. Wrong. Jordan Alexander, that was good fruit. Like that was, oh, that great. was a solid wine. Yeah, yeah. and Silver Oak was a solid wine. Garrett Shells, that was an yeah. Oriental yeah. Chardonnay, was yes. expensive. Yes, and you'd see it, and there was, like, and then, but all these other things start popping up, and you're like, what? You know, what is this? And then, yeah, and then I had, I was buying friends, I was buying wines from back. It was pre-internet, like there were no shopping carts or anything, so you had to go to a store. So I would go to Dina DeLuca. Yeah. And my buddy Didier Lusto and Pax Maley ran the wine program there. So I would I would go up there and they would introduce me to to, to wines and then I ended up moving to Yachtville. Okay. And moved very close to the two of them. So they started inviting me to tastings. We were all about the same age and so that they were introducing me cuz Dean and DeLuca back then was the account if you were a producer, sure. you wanted to get your wines sure. into. Yeah. And so they were introducing me to uh, Sinequanon, uh, just or Kongsgard back, you know, I, we're, oh, I mean, yeah, we were yeah, drinking yeah. this stuff like first, second vintages in, you know, and it was it was just fantastic. Uh, but I look back and it's like, how fortunate. Yeah, it's know, pretty insane, right? <clears throat> like, and yeah, and now what, uh, Dean and Luke is now Gary's, right? Gary's gone. Gary, that's it. Just closed. Unfortunately, just closed maybe two months ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Shit's crazy out there. But yes, but Dean and Deluca was New York and Napa, yeah. huge. Yeah. Um. That's crazy when you think you look back on things like that. Um, and so you said you moved to Yonville. So yeah. What? 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 Uh, what prompted you to? to move out to the country and eat a lot of peaches <laughs> uh, no I figured I wasn't sure what I was going to do in wine I just wanted to be around it whether it was importing distribution yeah. but I figured if I was go if it was ever going to happen I needed to be in wine country so I kept my day job in Oakland and I commuted from St. Helena Yacht I lived in Yachtville for a year okay. and then moved up to St. Helena I commuted to Oakland for too way too long. <laughs> um, yeah. In hindsight, it's like, man, now I commute back and forth from Napa and Paso, so I haven't learned my lesson. I don't know. That's, I mean, it's better than a commute to Oakland these days. Oakland's hurting. Right yes, now. that's true. That is true. Um, what 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 should we what should I taste now? Oh, that Grenache blends, banger. Thank you. Uh, let's try uh, the Peace Syrah, so 2019. Okay. And it's a blend. Perfect, thank you. Yeah. Um, 2019. He's got a glass full of 
My handler's over there, guys. <laughs> My chauffeur. My <laughs> guy. Okay. Um, tell me about this wine. So, uh, so Rob uh, is a blend. It's coming from uh, Shadow Canyon. Okay. Uh, we've got some coming from. Uh, so it's Shadow. You have uh, Paderewski are the primary primary sources for the 20, 2019. What is, um, we haven't really gotten to wine, but what is kind of like, well, the taste is, this is delicious, savory, but plush, yeah. integrated tannins. Um, what's kind of like your inspiration you know, uh, <clears throat> I love when it um, when it comes to I like like when I think of Syrah, I think of like Pierre Ganon. I love like Gigal. <clears throat> um, those are favorites of mine. I'm not. I appreciate wines from all over, and right. uh, you know, and and <clears throat> but for me. Those are the style, especially Pierre Ganon. Even I just had a 2020 Terry Alamon mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, and that was fantastic. Uh, savory, round, length, uh, clean. Uh, those are the things that really wow me, mm-hmm. you know, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, we're warmer here, but we tend to, you know, Anthony Yance, our winemaker, and he's fantastic. Uh, and he's kind of followed me over the years what I've you know some of the stuff that I've done and we've tasted stuff. one of the first things he's, when we met was let's just go taste some wines let's go see what you like and immediately it was like cool exposure Syrah that was the very mm-hmm. first thing mm-hmm. that's your that's your jam uh, and so that's what we started to look for and in our sites where we planted where we've had the opportunity to plant anything north facing we're going Syrah that route but it's that it's a it's that balance between we have zero issues getting fruit here. Right. It's more about okay, how can we introduce that savory yep. component yep. that can help balance that? Yep. And at, fruit and acid you're gonna get here no matter what. Yep. You know. Yep. So yep. it's like the savory component. Yeah. And that's where it's it's clonal, but it's also I mean it's obviously site related. So we sure. tend to go warmer sites, we tend to be more Grenache based, mm-hmm. you know, and then and Cooler exposures, we tend to be more. Sounds like sounds like sounds like the Rhone to me. Um, Very cool. So commuting back and forth, Saint Helena, Oaktown, three five seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And did you decide at some point, like a lot of people start out like? Well, I'm gonna get some fruit and make like a barrel of wine. Like, what was kind of like the foray before we get to, to realm? What was like the foray into like? Oh, to realm or into... or to, to to wine making? The, oh, the, the idea of yeah, actually making no, wine. You know what happened? Um, so I really wanted to get into trade tastings and stuff. So I okay. started working for Fred Schrader and Margot Singleton okay. at their shop Enoteca in in. Um, Calistoga okay. on one weekend a month and Fred was uh, this would have been like 99 at this point no this would have been 2000 
Um, at this point, he had just started making Tokolon okay. under Schrader, because prior to that, it was Atlas Peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he's, he's the one that really put the bug in my ear. He would always say, like, Juan, you need to make some wine. You need to make, mm-hmm. like, Cafron. You need to do this. You need to do that. And he was the one that made the introduction to Andy Backstoffer. And this is the most random thing, was that... Um, so I went to Andy, not knowing anything about grape contracts or anything. <laughs> yeah, he just said, "Well, if Fred vouches for you, then, then I'm gonna. I have faith in you. You know, I'm gonna give you. I should have asked him for like 20 tons, but I said uh, I'll take like three tons from whatever. You know, so so I'm sure it wasn't the best blocks, but anyway, I had the opportunity, and uh, but. The coolest thing was that, um, oh, here's a, I just, I was just thinking and I got it. That's okay. So, That's how we just No, no, talk. no, no. But, but the day before I had been introduced to Chris and Wax. Okay. And he was selling fruit to Daniel Barron at Twami. Okay. Merlot. Yep. And I knew I wanted kind of, for whatever reason, I thought I'm going to make a right bank blend and a left bank blend. Okay. So he had, I heard he had Merlot available. So I had met him and he, he offered me like first crop young vine, which, which I was like, yes, I'll take it. <laughs> Anyone else would have been like, no, but I took it. I said, but my thing was, I said, but only if you guarantee me this block, at least for the next, don't take it away in two years. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, if it's your block, you have it, it's your block. I'm like, okay. So then when I walked into Andy Backstopper, I've got Fred Schrader vouching for me, and then I'm telling him. He's like, where else do you buy fruit from? I'm like, Dominus Estate. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know what they know, but I want to be a part of it. That, that helped. So those two. So, That's wild. I know, right? Like, like in hindsight, it's just like having those two names vouching for you when you've never made. I know. That, I'm, like, I'm like. It doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, At different time though, too. Yeah, different time, but also, the wine world is small. Yeah, I don't think people realize how small it is, um, and everything in life is timing, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh. like, 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 what makes a joke funny? Timing. What is what is music about? Timing, right? Yeah. Um, and just to hear these names, like you know, and. And like, I think what you did was you moved to Napa. Yeah. What you did was you got a job at one of the top wine stores. And I tell people all the time, because how I got into wine was retail. I worked at Acker Wines in New York, top wine in New York, top wine, name one of the best retails in the world. Like when you have an opportunity to work um, at that level, yeah. like people, I didn't know shit about wine, but people were like, well, if he works at Acker, he must know something about wine, and then was able to grow from there. Totally, right? Yeah, even if you don't, have, it's what's that? What's that? Uh, like, if you're an actor, you don't know how to ride a horse. You tell them you can. Yeah, people yeah. assume like if you tell them you can do it, you can do right, it. Right, right, yeah. right, right. And so, but like when you, like you talk about these these sites that you got through from, and you're like a, you're like you're you're nobody, right? <laughs> And like, yeah. and like, what the cost per tonnage is now? Like, like it's it's an amazing story, right? It's just like yeah. it's an amazing story. So, 
you're gonna do the right bank blend, you're gonna do a left bank blend. Um, what kind of happened once you, you had got, was there, was there, first of all, was there more fruit that you acquired? Yeah, you, okay. but it, it was kind of the same thing that when I got here, um, it was when some, I, for me, it's like, you know, let me go after the best fruit. I realized right away, once I started to get into vineyards, that I could say, well, I want Merlot, but it's like, you know what? That's how I got into Tempranillo here. Mm -hmm. It's like, give me the best fruit. I'll figure out what what to, to make with what it. to what to do with yeah, it. What yeah, to do with it. Yeah. And so it quickly became that. Okay. So so there was no uh, obviously you make it. You come with with what you have. You come up with a plan, and so it looks very organized and stuff. But it's kind of like the analogy is a restaurant. If the quiz, if you've got a great, if these vegetables are great today, they were not great tomorrow. You're going to switch, and you'll use those. Mm -hmm. And so the thing for fruit for me is. It was even coming here was early on was like, you know, I know we need more Grenache, but this vineyard where we thought we might get great Grenache, it's okay, it's good, but wow, they've got great Syrah. Let's just let's just get it, mm -hmm. and then we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. and, and we have, you know, because that's about great fruits, great fruit, and that's the most important thing. And and it's not hard to it's it's very uh, finding great fruit is a very challenging thing, whether it's Paso, whether it's Sonoma, Napa. Because it's very competitive, and and for me being new, there's a hierarchy, there's a seniority, mm. you know, people that have been here for a long time, and I and that totally makes sense. So when the opportunity does come to get a block of great Tempranillo or Graciano, Tanat, whatever, it's like, yeah, let's just let's take it because it's not going to be there tomorrow. Then we fi we'll figure out what to do with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So well, you know, I figure this is a good time to take a quick break. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Juan Mercado. Hey, I don't know if I told you this, guys, earlier, but last year, Grenache Fest sold out within 72 hours, right? So if you want to be there in 2024, on November 8th, make sure that you go over to GrenacheFest.com and sign up for the email list so you will be the first to know when tickets go on sale. Like I said before, this was a one-of-a-kind event. Imagine wine and music coming together in a way that just I had never seen before. Go to GrenacheFest.com for more information. Okay, we're back. So we're talking about fruit, vineyard sources, um, and we kind of you touched on what you're doing here. But let's go back to that initial fruit in Napa, that Merlot, that Cabernet. Um, what wine did you make? What wines did you make that from that fruit? So, um, we made a Tocolon vineyard, single single vineyard. That's just fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> this nurse from the bay has made a Tocolon <laughs> fucking cap. <laughs> it's like fucking. No, I know, right? I hope. You guys are laughing. This is insane. I love this. This is why I do this shit. The stories. You're yeah. like, how you're like? How does someone so get here? It was well, part of it's passion, but that's just great. Okay, so you made a Tocolon cap. Yeah, and then I made a Napa Nook right back blend, but I couldn't call it Napa Nook, so we came with a proprietary. We called it the Tempest, okay. but it was Napa Nook uh, Merlot and Napa Nook Cap Franc. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, but 
but it was it was awesome because you know it, it you know it, they gave me the opportunity not only make, gave us opportunity to make great wine but it also let people know that we were serious right right yeah, yeah. the following year we added David Abreu <laughs> and and Tom Farella's fruit so no it was like it was just like it just kind of snowballed so but again it's yeah it's it's just crazy when I think back you know yeah I, I think it's that's 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 really cool uh, how many cases and what was that what was this realm or was pre-realm no this was realm oh, so this was realm because this, this, this was realm the okay. first vintage was 6.7 tons I remember okay that. yeah okay yeah it was small yeah it was small yeah but uh but yeah you know and so and then how long did you grow realm how long did you work on that project so it was um let's see seven seventeen years seventeen years but, uh, yeah, but over time, you know it grew, and i've had some i've had some amazing i've got amazing partners there uh, and uh but you know it's just you know I describe it it's a lot like tech when the first time you go in and you you start anything, you're new. You, you don't have leverage, you don't have, uh, you're new, you're new to business, you're new, you're new to that business, uh, you don't have any name recognition or any of that. And so, once you, if you're able to succeed with one, it, if you're lucky, it gives you other opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so, <coughs> when I was starting Realm, okay. in two, I started it in 2002, in 2003, Pax and DDA, Pax Maley and DDA mm -hmm. Lusto from Dina DeLuca brought me down. In 2000, 2001, I had worked Harvest with Pax. Okay. And so prior to getting into Napa Cab, I had been working with Syrah. Mm -hmm. So he calls me one day and they're like, do you want to go see Manfred Crankle? I'm like, <laughs> this fucking guy's like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. So we, we took a road trip and we're gonna go and we're gonna go to this thing called Hospice to Rome. <laughs> so we go see Manfred, then we go to Hanata, and then the first stop here, ask Justin when you when you talk to him. The first stop here was we drop off our bags at the travel lodge. We had a, we were all just starting. So at the travel lodge and we were all staying there with Doug Palaner. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> yeah, <shout out> Doug. <laughs> so we were at the travel lodge on uh is that Spring Street? Yeah. <laughs> and so we were staying there. And then we're like, we're going to a house party. And it was at Justin's house. Okay. And so Justin had just started Saxum. And yeah, he just left Lenny Caldo. Yeah. 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 Yep. And that's where I met Scott Hawley, who was starting Torin, Chris Cherry, who had already started Via Creek, Eric Jensen. He's my son's godfather. And he was just starting. So there was, I at this point, I didn't even have the name for Realm. So we oh, were wow. all starting at the same, we were all starting. Cohorts. At, yeah. Yep. And so we always kept in touch. And Got so it. that's why Eric would always say, when are you coming? When are you coming? And it's like, dude, you're going to, you should come down here. And, and that's how it all started. But I, I've known these guys for that circle. I've known for shit, 20 years now, which is crazy. When I think about it, but yeah, yeah, that's really fucking cool. But I mean, again, it all makes sense, right? It, it, it like I think it, it, like I said, like the word, the corporate term is cohort, right? Like, yeah. Look at the cohort of winemakers you came up with, and you know, Hospice was so 
small back then, right? I mean, yeah. It was oh, like, we were. It was all you were at Scott's house. I remember one year it was all house parties, and it was yes. so yeah. it was so small. We would go to the Via Creek, uh, re, you know, Chris Terry's restaurant, and uh, I met uh, Christoph Ferran was with us the entire time. And I was just like all these guys. Ron, how are you? I'm Christoph. Oh yeah. No, I would. I love Christoph. You know, I do a very good you, Christoph. So don't be mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's insane. Yeah. And so you see, barely have a name for realm. So I didn't uh, have a name. You didn't have a name. Okay. No, so what? Name. What? Because obviously everything with you is very thought out, mm. and but also organic. I would say because, like I said, you weren't in a hurry. But like, so how did realm evolve? Where, where like, what? So you said, you know what? We're gonna call it realm. Like. What prompted th- that to become the, the the name of the label? The name came from uh, actually Pax uh, Maley's wife Pam. We sat around the table, and I wish I still had. I wish I had the notes, but we sat around the table, obviously around plenty of wine and food, <laughs> and we were because you know people start asking you. It's like if you started making wines tomorrow, the first thing is like, well, what's the name going to be? What's the label going right, to be? Right. You know, so every. So it finally was like, we're going to go around and come up for the next hour with names just around the table, and everyone has to say something, even if it's the most random thing. But we got to go around. And we came up with like 400 names. Shit. But probably, there are probably 10 of us. But at around the 20th one, Pam's like, I have it. And I was like, we're all like, okay, what is it? And she's like, Rome. And she, I remember specifically, she said, uh, she said, you know, I've been saving it for us for a wine, but something, I think, mm. you, I think you could do really well with this. It's the most random, the coolest thing. You that know? is and, so cool. And uh, I wanted to sleep on it, but I just kind of knew, okay, that's it's going to be it. It's more difficult today, just because. It's not coming up with names, easy, easy. Coming up with names, words, and everything. It's coming up with something that's not trademarked. Right, that's, right exactly. That's the hard part. <laughs> like, I can come up with something that no one's used, but I bet you it's trademarked already. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so that's that's the challenging part. So, um, yeah, but that was, that was it. And it's all, you know, the project was really, and that's the cool thing. It's had, like, you know, it's, you know, it's like a kid. It grows up, and it, and it has different stages, and, at certain times, you know, it needs your influences. At other times, it doesn't. At other, you know, it, it just grows up, and and it's been a wonderful thing to see. And you know, now it's you know take two, and it's been it's been fun. It's a little different this time. Uh, it's it's not. Yeah, it's just different. Which you, you know, it's like I know what to do, what not to do. Mm-hmm. But then you, I think you put more pressure on yourself mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. just like anything else. Mm-hmm. I think when you probably started your podcast, it was one thing, but today it's like it's, oh, it's evolving, know, and, yeah. and it's gonna and it keeps it evolving, keeps evolving. It's the same and changing, thing. which as it should. Um, yeah. And um, with realm, you end up you did up you did up making some whites too, didn't you? Make that? <clears throat> we wanted. Yeah, the idea at Rome was always to be Bordeaux House. Right. You know, and yeah. so, I mean, Bordeaux varietals, like yeah. Napa does best. Yeah. So it was always going to be a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah which, yeah. yeah. So, um, speaking, but, but, but moving forward to Rise, 
Um, what else we have? We have a bull, so I assume that's the Tempranillo. I don't know why I'm thinking. No, that. no? Uh, that's a good guess. But the Tempranillo is actually, which is the next one. Okay, is uh, the astronaut. Okay, yeah. So I'm not from here, and Tempranillo's definitely. <laughs> I get it. From yeah, here, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Jovian's the name of the wine, and Jovian basically means it's like extraterrestrial, someone that's not from, from here, that place. Yes. And that was, and then. You know Tempranillo, it's the earliest ripening, and that's why it's got a clock, clock on, on there, yes. just just as a conversation piece. And, so. and is, it, is is that, am, am I correct, in, or when you watch a movie, the clock is at uh, 10 after 10 or something? There's always, there's one time that they do, like, you know, it's always 555. Five, five. Yeah. I have to Google that. <coughs> that's interesting. I've never well, had that idea. Well, a lot of blue fruit, man. Yeah. Ooh. Which I love, but it's jumped out the glass, the blue fruit. So this was really cool. Uh, <coughs> I was walking. We were in full draw, getting Grenache in 19. We still, they're, they're growers of ours. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were getting Grenache, and the next block over was Tempranillo. And again, earlier ripener. So Grenache is nowhere near being ready, but I'm like, what the heck is this? And um, Anthony's worked with 30 different red varietals. He had never worked with Tempranillo. Mm. He's like, this could be fun just to add it. 12 tons later, we ended up making this. Because again, it was one of those things, well, this is this does really well here. And Justin was very, uh, he was, it was great. Uh, he was one of the producers here that said, let me know if you need anything. Because uh, I've got some flexibility. And so he offered us some Tempranillo and Petit Syrah from Four Hearts. So Love that menu. We, we were able to get into some sites that would, had I been completely like not in the business and not known these guys, those sites would never be available. I was able to get some from Paderewski, yeah. from Jordan, um, you know, and from Onyx. And so, yeah, and I really, I really love the varietal and, it's been a lot of fun. This is um, <clears throat> very, very, very interesting. I mean, I, this is like, I love a wine like this. Um, and like I said, ri- realm to, to rise, what, uh, and you, I think you, my mind's, I'm making shit up, as I always do, but you say, <laughs> you, say you, you, know, you know, you're not from here, you get that, you know, but yeah. like, uh, what is rise? Is that, I mean, like, Rises, rises, kind of like uh, I've always enjoyed, kind of like the Phoenix, and you know, you rise from, from the controversy. Yeah, it's a very positive word. It's a very powerful word. The double I is actually Roman numeral two, like chapter two. Ah, so that's what that is. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And so you mentioned being here at hospice in 02 and saying with Doug Pauline in 03 yeah. um, and Eric just was like when you come when you come and well that was yeah that was we just we, we just ended up uh, they were all picking on him at the time I remember that because I think he was still driving a Mercedes and these guys all had trucks or something like that uh, but yeah we just we just headed off and so we we uh it was probably 03, 04. But we just kept in touch, and I would come here. I'd come here sometimes for Christmas. Uh, just spend a lot of time with him and the family. 
uh, and then we, uh, you know, became, you know, you just you meet other people, and so in twenty, I'd say the first time he approached me with about twenty fifteen. It's like you should start something down here, you know, and and. In hindsight, it's always easy, you know. It's like, yeah, you probably should have started earlier because you're that further along. But, right, uh, right, yeah. But it was, yeah. But it's been great. It's, 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 it's an amazing. You live here. It's an amazing community. Uh, I have a seven-year-old at home. Otherwise, I'd be here all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I mean, so you, so weekly. you, you, you reside still up in. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. but I'm, yeah, I'm here typically. Uh, I probably average. I'm here two to three days, probably 40 weeks mm-hmm. out of the year at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in harvest time, I'm here the whole time. You know, right. But I try to be here during week, during the week, a few days, and then weekends is usually baseball practice. Like, uh, your baseball oh, okay. Days yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but, and that was special. Like, I wouldn't, even if I moved here tomorrow, uh, I would still keep a place in that because it's just a very unique, special. I mean, place. that's the thing, right? Like, and it's not that; it's far, but it's not that. No, far. it's not really that far. Yeah, I mean, what, what's it? What's it what, what is it? Five hours? You mean? It can be on a Friday. Yeah, but no, I mean today. Today, I was today. It took me about three and a half. Yeah, that's hours. what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah like it's. I mean, because I would get from Santa Barbara to Oakland in five hours, and that's for you know. So like. Yeah, it's not that far, and but but like, if you're if you are blessed enough to be able to have a place here and a place in Napa, why would you get rid of a place in Napa, right? I mean, like, because then you got you got the other touch-off points, like you, you're right by Sonoma, and you can go up to Mendocino, Anderson Valley, you right? Know, like, again, I, I I grew up in the Bay Area. My family's there. My cousins. My, you know, my, you know, and so it just it's. You know, it's. I'm always going to be attached to it, and it's like it'd be like you if you, you know, even if you had a, you know, you'd you'd still want a place out on the East Coast would have that accessibility. If you move, if you you were, I mean, that's the dream. Everybody on the East, if, and most not everybody, but like if you're a wine person, you're like, I'd love to keep a place on the East Coast, but I'd love to live in California. Like you're absolutely right. Like you would absolutely hands with you know hands down without a doubt. Like you know, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so, uh, so you have like concurrent projects going, so you're still involved at Realm, is that correct? Are you still involved? I'm just, uh, just a partner, okay. uh, <clears throat> partner investor, but not on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not on a day-to-day. So that's, I'm glad you said that. So this keeps me busy. I'm sure it does. This view is keeping me busy. Um, so like from nurse to partner investor in Napoli Wines like like did, did like how did that happen though like like we talked about contracts and visiting but like when did you and I, I think like the leap the leap did you did you go out and get backers first like what what's kind of like I had an original investor but I okay. also uh sold my house I also put put skin in the game I no I also uh I my when I left nursing since then this is my 401 okay uh-huh. 
So I cashed it in to do to do this. So this is I don't have a four hundred one k, and that's the thing. It's like I don't have any other thing to rely on. This is it. So if something happened to me tomorrow and this doesn't succeed, then my son has very little, right? So it's there's no. Yeah, so I've, it's, it's been all in. There's no plan B, right? People no, like like no. people like that. Like, I mean, I wish. No, I know. I, I wish. Like, like right. I hear you. Like, yeah. I used to hang out with a lot of personal about people, and like they're like, you know, it's like, um, there's no like if you really if you really are trying to do something, you can't have a plan B. Like Kobe didn't have no plan B. Like people, no. there's no plan B here. No, you just right? like, <laughs> like, he wasn't he wasn't thinking. He's not thinking. Yeah, later in life, as you become yeah, well, successful, yeah, you start yeah, diversifying. You, 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 yeah, you're looking at the next chapter, like the second chapter, but there's no, you know, something like this, like, yeah, like you said, you didn't grow up silver spooning, like you came from a working class, and your mother raised you, your father passed away when you were young, like. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you just, you don't have, so another reason, uh, you want me to put the heater on? No, I'm you good. Come, you're good, okay. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, no, I mean, there's no, uh. I mean, most people don't have options, but for me, it was like, if at that point I had to put everything I had into it because mm -hmm. I didn't have any leverage, right? Yeah. So if you're not in, right. how are other people going to have faith in you? Yeah. You know, so yep. it's a little bit different today. I've had a lot of help and a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have had before if it weren't for that. You know. So. What would you say is the um, as I talk to you and we've been talking for a while? very likable is not the word but like just what's like was it something and how I think was something the way your mother was raised was there a, was a value you had like about caring for people or concern there's something that's magnetic about you that's not magnetic in that the typical like charismatic manipulative sleazy way they're like there's a genuineness like was there something yeah. growing up that was instilled in you or like, it was it was probably <laughs> just my mom and my dad you know and it was just like yeah and it was just yeah it it's always my I mean my brother's similar in many ways uh but yeah no it's just the way my aunts and it's the people around me and uh yeah i think that that was the biggest influence you know yeah. so i had aunts and, and uncles but especially my aunts that were really Involved, especially after my dad. Like I was driving up here today, and I was talking to one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a really cool relationship that I think a lot of uh, yeah people our age don't necessarily have so much. You know? My father had um, he was one of ten, and like basically was raised by his older sister. So I had aunts who were like my grandmother like, yeah, like yeah. you know what I mean like yeah, I know yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about like, like you knew you were going to be fine if right. something ever happened yeah, so much yeah. or like if I got into a fight yeah. I, I, I'd run over to my aunt's house and, yeah. oh, and yeah. she'd feed me and then call him like yeah he's here and like and, and yeah. talk my dad off the ledge from whipping my ass yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, and, yeah. but like I knew I was you know and, it, and he couldn't say anything because they took care of him right so like, but I, 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 I that makes yeah. sense yeah. I, like that you were raised by community yeah and uh, and it's it's a very very important important thing. But I, I you know for me it's like at the end of the day you you know and you, it's a reminder for me you only live once. You better enjoy what you're doing. Uh, you've only got yourself to blame if you're uh, you know if you're not happy with what you're doing because so you have you can really create 
So um, we got we got one more wine. We have more to talk about. What, what, what's the last one? I thought the bull was Tempranillo. Now is that a Graciano blend? Now I'm thinking it's got to be Spanish, but it's not. What's the story behind this, this wine? No, it, it totally makes sense. My um, So this is our reserve wine. This is actually 2021. Okay, it's just right. It's got bottled. Right. Uh, and it's called uh, Fermin, which is after my dad. Um, oh, and man. I never... Uh, a buddy of mine um, is the one that brought it up. He's like, just out of the blue. And he's like, and he looks it up, and it's like, well, you know, it means power. It means strength in French. And I'm like, no, I never knew that. And that's what got me to the bull, because you think about power. And my buddy, Sergio Albiac, is a great artist. Uh, he's helped me in the past with labels. Uh, and he's Spanish, and he's uh, is in Barcelona. Um, and so we started on this project using different, he uses computer coding to develop art. Mm. Uh, and so just new techniques, new uh, <coughs> new things on, on the labels and they each basically tell a story, but the bull is, mean, it's for power and strength. The snail there is, you gotta be patient, especially with this wine, cause it's slow to, to, to develop, you know. Gotcha, yeah. oh man, this is so loaded, I love this. Yeah. And it's a cab, a Syrah cab, it, petite Syrah. Yeah. And and I'm looking at this and you talk about patience and a snail, um, and knowing where you source your original food, like Tokalan, like you yeah. build like wines for the long haul. Yes, oh, for sure. Well, yeah. you know, <clears throat> personally, I tend to drink my wines, not, wines in general, young. Yeah, me, um, me as well. I'm not like, I appreciate, I, I appreciate people that enjoy their wines with a lot of age, but I tend to like them in the first 10 years. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm like 15 is about my max. Yeah. Most of the time for me, then, then, then I fully appreciate, but like when you're there and somebody's got their 45 Mouton and you're like, Ain't doing it for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? You're like, bro, it ain't doing it for me. I <laughs> had I drank it in 1970. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. I'm like, maybe when it was only like 50 years. <laughs> yeah. No, I. But you've gone no, a little I'm, bit too far with this one. I'm just, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, I, and, 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 and you're like, you're like, people are struggling to find the fucking tasting note, right? And I'm like, like, I'm like, I don't even think we're, we're, we're past tertiary flavors. Like at this point, like, great wine, ages well. Of course. And so that will stand, a, you know, that will be the test of time. Uh, and so they have to age well. And so, uh, and that's what we have here. We have, you know, great acid, great fruit, great structure. The best sites are going to allow you to mm. do that. So this is a reserve wine. Um, how long do you keep this in barrel? I think. There's a nice oak treatment on it. I don't mind oak a lot of people, man, but like, you know. Um, this, was, this one was just bottled. Uh, I I thought I was opening it up to 19, it's 21. Yeah. But uh, this one was just bottled two weeks ago. <laughs> so it will get released <laughs> next baby. year. Yeah, know, yeah. Next year. I love it. A little, yeah. little, um, little uh, flavor, little, little, little inside tip there. Um, and so, Doing these these projects, you have a Napa project, you have a Paso project. Um, what drives you to keep doing this? This is my four hundred one k. There you go. You I, know, I, I hear no, you. This is 
this is uh you know don't I, you like that though like that like like you said it's really like you're responsible for what's going on in your life like you like oh you're like and, I, and it's probably less than you learn because your dad passed like you like you get like you're responsible <clears throat> yeah i mean i realized early on i wanted to do you know you know i remember one time my father uh like <clears throat> i was never a great artist when it came to sketching mm -hmm. my my uh, my brother is an amazing sketch artist like he can do like it's it's it, if he wanted to he could he could be working in animation he's at that level and he uh <clears throat> but i remember after my dad passed like 10 years later, my mother gave us a lot of his old sketch work that he had done. Right, yeah. And it's like, you know, he was so busy working between the garbage company and when it was harvest season, he was running trucks with fruit so that my mother wouldn't have to work so that she could sit there, she could raise us. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's like, man, it's like, he probably thought one day I'll be able to retire and enjoy it. And, you know, it's like, you never know. Yeah. You yeah. never know. Take advantage of it. You know, it's like do it now. It might not be around. Yeah. No, you said that way early on. We only get, as far as anyone knows, we only get one life to live. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And as you know, like there is no evidence to the contrary. Well, everything else is bonus. Yes. If you live a great life now. Everything else is bonus at right. the end of the day. Right. You know. And so, but uh, yeah. So, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a great, uh, you know, the first uh, five years here have been phenomenal and I can't wait for the next five. We have a great team and uh, a lot of support and help and yeah, I'm, uh, it's going to be fun. I really do dig this, man, because I think that a lot of conversations over the past few years have been about access to wine and this and that. And I've always been one like, yes there are things people overcome but you have to overcome them no one's gonna help you overcome them and and you're a guy you know you, you know you don't come from a, a, a family uh, that owned vineyards or this and that and and you decide you want to be in wine and you did it yeah but I, and I, I really want like like you <laughs> did it right like your last name is Mercado right your name's not White, it's not. No, it's Juan Mercado. Not John White. It's yeah, Juan, yeah, no, right? It's no, not. I, you know, you know, it's not. No, I you know. know. You look, but, but you know, it's so cool to see. Like when I think of like Stanley Barrios, you know, and Elena yeah, yeah. Martinez, and you you think of there's people, you know, they're if you look closely, they're they're all over, and and uh, it's just it's a really yeah. Really I mean, up at NASA Napa, Jay Moss, right? He yeah. he like he was like a. A, a, a delivery driver for a distributor yeah. and then got into sales and now he makes his own wine right like I, I, I don't I would never discount that the, the, there's challenges in the world but like people have been doing this people have been involved in this since since it's been around and you think about the Italians that came to Napa in the 1800s and started they wanted their, their wine and obviously you weren't importing it so they started to grow it themselves right. and figured out how to do it and Right. Some of them became some of the, some of the oldest wineries today. Right, you know? right. But it wasn't like there was you just yeah different challenges. But the thing is, I, it's like if 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 at the end of the day, 
if someone sees this and they're like, I want to give it a shot, go for it. You know? Yeah, no, I totally, like, I tell that all the time. It's so great, man. Um, so, a couple things. So, thank you for your time. Really, this has been great. Um, you Glad know, you made the flight. We know, I know I am too. We know a lot of safe people. It's just we're running safe people, and like you know, but to sit down and get to do this is really awesome. Um, I do this segment now. It's called Slap, Lick, Fondle. Three grapes. Mm-hmm. I choose them. Which one do you slap in? Which one do you lick? Which one do you fondle? And for you, <clears throat> Mr. Mercado, we're gonna go Cabernet Sauvignon. So, for me, um, I would say for Grenache, you lick. Okay. For Tempranil, you fondle. And I, I'm looking at it as not just because of the air and all of that. Cabernet needs to be slapped around. <laughs> it just does. And people that make cab know what I mean by that. You know, people that make cab, and not in, it's not in a negative no, way. No, that's just, a good answer. No, that's a great answer. Yeah, I, it it needs to be, people that make cab know it needs to be slapped around and, uh, and uh, you know, that's, that's the love and hate relationship. Uh, listen, that's such a great answer because people, some people, like, someone asked me, I'm like, like, like slap, like a slap. I was like, "Listen, man, I don't care what you can be slapping that ass." Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah like, I'm just saying, like, it's your choice. That's so great. That's what great answer. Cabernet needs to be slapped around. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it does. It's like, yeah, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like my two cents. <laughs> um, last question. Um, <clears throat> What are you most excited about for the future? You got you're still working well, when you're down here in Paso, you mentioned you've been here five years. What are you most excited about for the future? <clears throat> you know, um, obviously I'm excited for the brand and for Rise, but you know what's been really cool is I was in Napa, and I got there in the late 90s when everyone bypassed the city of Napa, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't, and I live in Napa now, yeah, and I which, wouldn't live anywhere up Valley, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. and I lived in, I lived in St. Helena for 12 years, six years in Yonpel, and worked my way down, and you're, you're seeing a lot of the similarities to what happened in downtown Napa to what's happening in Paso now, where there's this, this resurgency, mm-hmm. which is really cool to see. And everyone will benefit from it, including us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I'm, I'm really excited about that. You know, I'm confident in the brand. I'm confident in Paso Robles and the wines from the region. Uh, but to have the, the rest of most of the communities not in, not in the wine, you know, the wine business. Yeah. So they'll yeah. benefit from yeah. the town and all of that. So to be a part of that and to be a part of that energy is uh, fantastic. And just to bring see some of that notoriety 
coming to the Central Coast is great. Right on, right on. Juan Mercado, tell people how they can find you, how they can be a part of what you're doing. Uh, websites, uh, rise with a double I, R-I-I-S-E-Y dot com. For all listeners out there, don't forget to check out the show notes. Uh, I'll put links to uh, the websites for Rise, for Realm. I'll list the wines we drank um, and other cool stuff we talked about, their, their Instagram. And remember, guys, for all you uh, wine drinkers, your deep thinkers, your philosophers, your mavericks, and I used to know how that goes, but I'm in Paso, and the wines are 15% alcohol. It's your boy MJ saying peace. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much, Juan. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.